Good evening. Wow, y'all got a good strong mic here. I like that. It is good to be back with you tonight. When I got here tonight, I was trying to remember the last time that I was here, and David refreshed my memory that it was the end of 2020, right? September of 2020. So it has been, uh, we're in 23 now. So time is passing. I just spent my fourth Christmas in the wheelchair. And that's been amazing. A lot has changed since I was last here. I've got another grandbaby since that time. And if I'd have thought about it, I'd have put a slide up here so I could show you, but it didn't cross my mind. We have relocated from Olive Branch, Mississippi to Cookville, Tennessee. And I'm the preacher at the Willow Avenue congregation in Cookville now. And uh, so if you're ever coming that direction and you come on 40 going east out of Nashville, it is almost exactly an hour outside of Nashville on I-40. You will pass right by our church building. You can see it up on the hill from I-40. So if you're looking for a place to stop, please stop and be with us. We've got a big uh, digital sign out front, so you can't miss us. In fact, if you know where there's a big giant cross on the interstate out there, I mean, it must be 13 stories high, it's at a denominational church building that is right next door to us. So if you see that, you will know where we are. We have, uh, when we get done tonight, we are going to go ahead and travel back home. And so we spent three hours driving here. We're going to spend three hours driving back. Since I have been in this wheelchair and since the accident, I take a lot of medicines and they make me drowsy. So one thing that I have started doing is I drink a lot of these little five-hour energy drinks. I drink the little small ones. And so as we were traveling recently, um, I was getting sleepy. I had one in the door of the van. I reached over and I got it and I handed it to Sherry and I said, would you open this for me? Because it's got a little plastic ring around the top. So she opened it and handed it back to me. Well, in an effort, to be extra helpful, she went ahead and took the, the lid off. Well, I wasn't expecting that. And I was thinking, well, it's been sitting there for a while. Surely it needs to be shaken. So I took it and I'm driving with one hand and I thought, well, I'll just tap it on myself. And so I slung five hour energy drink all over the van. But I tell you one thing, it woke me up. So it did what it was supposed to do. So. We've got two of them in the car to help us get home tonight, but uh, please say a prayer for us. Tomorrow, we are actually going to take a few days vacation, and we're going to go see the Ark in Kentucky. Don't know if any of you have ever been there. We haven't been to see it, but we're going to be heading out that way. I was asked to talk about some things tonight that relate to the new year, resolutions, some things that get us thinking in a positive way as we begin 2023. And so I've got 12 resolutions for you to consider tonight. This week, I actually went on Google and I turned, I, I did a search for the top resolutions of the year 2023. The top five resolutions that people made in 2023, number one, can you take a guess what it would have been? What's that? Okay, uh, I'm hearing some different things. I hear lose weight, that's number three. Number one, the top resolution 
is to exercise more. 52%, that led the way. Number two, eat more healthy, 50%. Number three, lose weight, 40%. Number four, save money, that's 39%. And number five, spend more time with family, that was 37%, which means that people are more determined to exercise than they are to spend time with their families this, this year. But that is the thinking. You know, the funny thing about resolutions, though, is they tend to die off by about March. Several years ago, before my accident, I had put on weight. I joined Weight Watchers. I did the whole nine yards. I went to the meetings, and uh, I was counting my points. And it was interesting because I would go to the Weight Watchers meetings, and in January, you could find, hardly find a place to sit. And by March probably 75% of the people were gone. And that's how it is with so very many resolutions. The resolutions I'm gonna talk about tonight though are not relating to weight loss. They're not relating to saving money per se. These are spiritual resolutions. I've got a friend of mine who believes that it's wrong to make resolutions. He says, to make a resolution, that is like you're waiting to a certain point in time at the beginning of the year and you make a, a New Year's resolution, but the word resolution, I looked it up, it simply means to make a determination to do something. And if you read in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5 says, examine yourselves whether you are in the faith, test yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified. And so the Bible teaches that we're to examine ourselves and then to make a resolution, a determination to do better, is not a wrong thing to do. That is certainly a biblical thing to do. Now notice this passage. He says, examine yourselves whether you are in the faith. Someone might take that to mean, examine yourself to know whether you're a Christian. That doesn't mean that because this was written to people who are Christians. So what does he mean, examine yourselves whether you are in the faith? What he means is examine yourself to see if you're walking in the light, whether you're walking in accordance with your faith. Keep reading. He says, do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you? What does he mean? Make sure that you're walking in the light. Christians constantly need to be examining ourselves on a daily basis. We need to be looking at this. He says, unless you be disqualified. Now, what's the point of that? We need to constantly be looking at our lives to be sure that we're walking in the light, to be sure that we have the continual cleansing of the blood of Christ, because if we become unfaithful, he says, we will be disqualified. Makes me think about what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He says, I buffet my body daily. What does that mean? I'm constantly thinking about myself and the walk that I have in Christ. He says, lest after I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. What's he mean by that? I'm constantly examining my life. Same thing as this passage. Lest after I've been out preaching to others, I lose my own soul. And so it's good for us to make some resolutions. So what we're going to do tonight is I have... 12 resolutions that I have put together from Bible characters, people who made resolutions, and I think that these are worthy of our imitation. 
So here is the first one tonight. And this is not working. Do I need to do something here? The big button, right? It is buzzing. Okay. Can I get y'all to just advance it for me? Did y'all do that or did I do that? You did that. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just tell you when we're ready to advance. Here is resolution number one, and this is going to come from David. For each one of these, you'll see the person, you'll see the resolution, and then you'll see the text. The person here is David. David's resolution was to meditate more on the Word of God, and the text is Psalm 119 and verse 15. Here's what it says. I will meditate on your precepts, and I will contemplate your ways. And verse 148, just a few verses later, he says, My eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. David resolved that he was going to spend more time thinking about the word of God. Now notice he uses the word meditate. Meditate means more than simply to read it. If you read it, it might just go in your mind and out of your mind. But to meditate on it means to think on it. It means to ponder it. It means to contemplate it deeply. And notice that he says that his eyes are awake through the night, meditating on the Word of God. What that means is, David says, late at night, he's either waking up or he's sitting up late at night, thinking about the Word of God, what it means to his life what changes he might need to make, pondering a passage. Do you ever have a passage of Scripture that you will just think on and think about what it means and you'll read commentaries and you'll ponder it? That's what he's saying, I meditate on the Word of God. That's the first resolution that all of us need to make in 2023. Meditate on the Word of God. Will you resolve to do that this year? And if you resolve to do that, do you think you'll be a better person at the end of the year? you think you'll be a stronger person? Do you think you'll be more capable of defending the truth? Do you think you will be a more able converter? What I mean is more able to convert other people. Do you think your life will bring more glory to God? Will you be more able to resist temptations? You know, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God a workman who needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Break that verse down a little bit. The implication of that is study to show yourself approved unto God. So if you don't study, then you should be ashamed in the sight of God. If you don't study, you are not approved in the sight of God. And so let me make some practical suggestions to you of how to meditate on the Word. It's easy to say meditate on the Word of God. How? Help us, preacher. Tell us how to do that. I want to make four suggestions. The first suggestion of how you might approach this would be this. Memorize what is in each chapter of the New Testament. Now, I don't mean memorize every verse of the New Testament. I simply mean learn what is in each chapter. So that when someone says something to you, you'll know where it's located. For instance, you would learn Matthew chapter 1 is the genealogy of the birth of Christ. That's all I learned from that chapter. So when someone says something to me about that, I say, oh, that's Matthew chapter 1. 
Acts chapter 1. In fact, I put together a system that I'm teaching at Willow Avenue right now. It's little rhymes and memory devices to help you memorize everything that's in the book of Acts by chapter. So I said Acts chapter 1 is 1 through 5. I said A, B, C, D, E. That's the first five chapters. Acts chapter 1 is the letter A. You have the ascension of Jesus and a new apostle who was chosen to replace Judas. That's Acts chapter 1, ascension, apostle. Acts chapter 2 is the letter B. That's the beginning of the church. Acts chapter 3 is the letter C. That is the cripple man who is healed. Everything revolves around that. Acts chapter 4 is the letter D. The disciples are detained. Who is that? Peter and John were arrested. Why? Because of healing the crippled man in the previous chapter. Acts chapter 5 is the letter E. That stands for evil companions. Who is that? What's Acts chapter 5? That's Ananias and Sapphira. That's what that chapter is about. And so if you will use a system, you can memorize what's in every chapter of the New Testament. I've got a system already put together for Acts. I'll share it with you if you want it. But you might say, Don, that is too much. How can we possibly do that? There were 260 chapters in the New Testament. That's less than one a day. If you wanted to learn one chapter a day, that would be a good way to meditate on the Word of God, would it not? Let me give you a second suggestion. Maybe you say, I want something more practical in my life. I would suggest that you read the book of Proverbs every day. Now, why do I choose this? Because the book of Proverbs is a book of general wisdom for life. How do I get along with my neighbor? What kind of temperament should I have? What really matters in life? That's the kind of thing you're going to find in the book of Proverbs. Let me read you some, some random verses here so that you can get a feel for this. Proverbs 10 and verse 19 says, When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. What does that mean? When words are many, transgression is not lacking. If you run your mouth a lot, you're going to get in trouble. Right? Here's a second one. Proverbs 11 and verse 12. Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. It's a lot of Proverbs that deal with your mouth and your tongue. Is that not practical? Number three, Proverbs eleven twenty five. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and one who waters himself will be watered. Proverbs four or Proverbs thirteen three. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Whoever opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Proverbs seventeen five. Whoever mocks the poor insults his maker, and whoever is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Do you take pleasure in seeing bad things come to other people? The Lord frowns on that. Good things in Proverbs. Here is a third suggestion. Uh, let's go to the next slide, please. This is, in fact, I'm going to hit several in a row here. The first one here is, I would suggest you a book called Know the Bible, Know Your Bible by Frank Dunn. This book summarizes each book of the Bible to help you understand what it's about. Let's go to the next one here. I'll show you the table of contents. I know you, you probably can't read that from here, can you? No, if you can read that, you've got some super good eyes. But what it does is it lists each book of the Bible and it will give you a summary. Let's go to the next one here and I'll give you a breakdown. 
This is page 16, for instance. This is the book of Numbers. It tells you there are 36 chapters in the book of Numbers. It says it is called the book of Numbers because... Does anyone know why it's called the book of Numbers? Okay. Uh, it's called the book of Numbers because it contains the history of numbering the children of Israel at two different times, at the beginning and the ending of the wilderness wandering. The key word is sojourning. It gives a record of Israel's preparation for war, the march around the border of Canaan, the evil report of the ten spies, the fiery serpents, 38 more years of wandering, Balaam, uh, the return to Canaan. The story can be written in three words, discontent, disaster, and discipline. The key verse is chapter 22 and verse 18. And so it gives you a summary. You learn what that book is about. Then you can go to the next one. You get a summary and you learn what that book is about. And he goes through every book in the Bible that way. If you want this book in a digital form, the Gospel Broadcasting Network now owns the rights to this book. And we will send it to you. If you want it, all you've got to do is email me and say, I want this book, and I will email it back to you. My email address is don, D-O-N, this is hard, at donblackwell.com. Don at donblackwell.com. If you want it, you can send it to me. In fact, if you want the Acts memory chart, write that on there too, and I'll send you both of them. If you want a physical copy of this, I know that Brother Paul Sane at Sane Publications sells physical copies, and you can look him up, Sane Publications online. GBN doesn't sell anything. We give everything away. But if you want to purchase it, Paul Sane does sell the physical copies. Some people are old-fashioned, like to write in their books. So uh, you can get that that way. Another suggestion of what you can do, uh, let's go to the next slide, please. And that is, I would suggest that you study some Bible commentaries that are good. GBN has now put out a set of commentaries. We've got 53 books of the 66 books in the Bible covered. Might be 54 now. 53, 54 books. And these are in-depth study commentaries. We have them free on our website. And I've got it here how you can break it down. If you go to the top, gbntv.org, and then go to this drop-down menu where the purple arrow is pointing, and it says Resources. And then beneath that, you can click Commentaries, and you will have all of the commentaries there. Let's go to the next slide, please. And this is what it looks like if you go to the commentaries, and then you can scroll down and you'll see the 53. You can download them as PDFs and put them on your computer. Um, we also have them available on the GBN app. If you prefer to have them available, let's go to the next slide. I think I made a slide of the app. Um, if you've got an iPhone, an Android device, a tablet, you can go and download this. The first shot here is actually what looks like in the Apple Store. You can see the GBN logo on the far left. It is the blue background with the yellow circle, and it says GBN. You can download that. The next slide is a screen capture. Oh, no, a backup. Okay, the next picture there is actually... Uh, what it looks like when you download it. These are all the different video options that you can watch. We've got hundreds and hundreds of different videos. Uh, so those are some of the things that you can look at. The third 
a picture here is some more of the videos. But when you go down to the bottom of the screen, one of the things says resources. And then the fourth picture here is the GBN commentaries. And you can actually open those. If you are studying a book of the Bible and you want some good, sound, solid, in-depth material that you can study from, I don't know how you can beat these. This is one that I keep open on my um, computer when I'm studying. If you wanted to teach a class, you can almost open these and just teach right out of it. I have never found, this is a brother in Christ who has written these for us, I have never found anything that I have found objectionable in these anywhere. I haven't read all uh, 53, 54 of them, but I have gone through many of them and looked at some key passages. It is excellent, excellent material. If you would like to have it where you can have one link and just download all the PDFs, if you will include that in an email to me, I'll send you that and you can download the PDFs. So that's one of the things that GBN is trying to do now is to put good material in people's hands. I've had people tell me, uh, a fellow on one occasion told me something he was teaching from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, which was an erroneous view about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. And I said, where did you get that idea? And he said, it was from such and such commentary. And I said, why did you use that? And he said, well, it was online and it's free. Well, it clicked with me. We need to put good sound material online for free because if you have to buy it, fewer people are going to use it. So we have set out to do that. We're hoping to cover all 66. And this app is excellent. Uh, we have our live stream. We have videos on almost every subject that you can think of. Uh, we've got this new program called Drawn Toward God, which are animated videos. One thing that we have found is people watch, um, on average, three, four, five, six minutes of a video. Even if we put out a 30-minute video, they'll watch six or seven minutes of it. So we thought, why don't we put out six-minute videos, and we will get more people. We've also tried to pick some of the hottest topics the number one objection and question I think we receive at GBN more than any other question. Anybody want to take a guess at what that would be? I know that's kind of an open book thing. What about the thief on the cross? We receive that over and over and over. So the very first animated one we did is, what's the Bible say about the thief on the cross? The, one of the latest ones we have done is, what does the Bible say about social drinking? This one is 17 minutes long because it was just too much to answer. It is the best presentation I have ever seen on this subject. Answering it from the original languages, answering the arguments. In fact, after we put it out, we had people that defend social drinking send in all of their arguments uh, quibbling with us. So we put out a second one. That is answering the arguments about social drinking. And if we have time at the end, I may show you that video, but we're not if I don't pick up the pace here because we got 12 and I'm on number one. Here is the second resolution. Let's go to the next slide. The second resolution is Job. The resolution is control your tongue. And the passage is Job chapter 2 and verse 10. The passage says, in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. Now, obviously, 
a great deal could be said about sinning with your lips. I want to make just two suggestions to you. Number one, I want to suggest that you make the resolution in 2023, never say any mean remark to anyone or about anyone. Always be kind in 2023. Can you do that? Will that be hard? Brethren, this is hard. This is easy to slip into. You know, Romans chapter 1, 29 through 30 lists what the King James Version refers to as whisperers and backbiters. You know what a whisperer is? It's a person who goes and says, going to whisper at somebody. A backbiter, talk about them behind their back is the way we would say it. A whisperer and backbiter is included in the same category along with haters of God. I don't want to be in that category. And so I want to avoid this. Now, on the other hand, I would like to suggest number two, and that is you be quick to encourage and compliment when, it, when it's legitimate. No one likes a fake flatterer. But oftentimes we see good things and we say nothing. Be quick to compliment and encourage. Acts chapter 4 and verse 36 says about Barnabas, he was known as what? Son of encouragement. Oh, he must have been a great guy to be around. Let's be uh, Barnabas. Barnab Barnabuses. What do you call more than one Barnabas? Barnabai. How about that? Okay. Here's the third one. Resolution number three. Next slide. All right. The next one. The third person is Habakkuk. The resolution is don't let your trials stop you from serving the Lord. And the verse is Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. It says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food. You see what he's describing? Bad things that happen. Since I have been in this wheelchair, people come to me all the time and they tell me all the bad things that have happened in their life. And it has made me realize this world is full of bad stuff. I'm not the only one going through it. Everybody is. That's Job 14 and verse 1. Job says, man that is born of woman is a, a few days and full of trouble. If you don't have trouble in your life, it's coming because that is the nature of life. And so Habakkuk says, all these bad things happen, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, may, though there be no herds in the stalls. Listen to verse 18. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord, and I will take joy in the God of my salvation. You see what he's saying? No matter what bad things happen in my life, I'm not going to let that stop me from rejoicing in the Lord and being faithful to God. Do you know what the difference is in an optimist and a pessimist? Here's how an optimist would answer that question. They would say, no, I don't know the difference, but I'd love to learn. A pessimist would say, no, I don't. I never know anything. I'm just stupid and I just can't learn. See the difference in the two attitudes? There is a difference in those two people, and when it comes to how you're going to deal with the adversity of life, let's make the resolution that I'm not going to be the pessimist. 
I'm going to be the optimist and I'm going to try to continue to count my blessings and serve the Lord no matter what happens. It is easy to be the wet blanket who always smothers the fires. It's easy to oppose everything. It's easy to refuse to support any works of the church and to be the grumbler and to be the complainer. Let's make our resolution. I'm not going to be that guy in 2023. Let's go to the next slide. Re resolution number four. I got to pick up the pace here. The person is Moses. The goal is to practice humility, and the verse is Numbers 12 and verse 3. It says, Now the man Moses was very humble, more humble than all of the men who were on the face of the earth. This passage is kind of humorous to me because Moses wrote the book of Numbers, and so that means that Moses wrote, Moses is the most humble man in all of the earth. So that is funny to think about, but of course the Holy Spirit inspired him to write it. It makes me wonder if Moses even cringed a little bit because being such a humble man, he didn't want to brag about the fact that he is the most humble man. But here's the thought. The world doesn't revolve around me. I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to focus on others more than myself. Romans 12 and verse 3 says that a man should not think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Verse 10 of that chapter says, Be kindly affectioned to one another in brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. The ESV says it this way, Outdo one another in showing honor to one another. I like that phrasing better. Outdo one another in showing honor. And did you know this? Did you know that the Bible teaches that it is wrong to brag on yourself? Did you know there's a verse like that in the Bible? Proverbs 27 and verse 2 says, Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Don't brag on yourself. If you have some bragging that needs to be done, let somebody else do it. Not that you told them to do it, but let somebody else do this. Nobody likes to hear that. And the Lord doesn't like to hear it either. Uh, did it work that time? Uh, okay, go back to five. I clicked it, and I think it actually might have worked that time. So, oh, did you do it? Oh, okay. All right, or did I? I'm going to try it and see what happens. It did work. Okay, back me up to uh, five. All right. The next person, I'm going to use Job again. The resolution is to control your thoughts and your eyes. The last one was to control your lips. This one is to control your eyes, your thought. The text is Job 31.1. Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. You know what that means? I made a resolution. Why then should I look upon a young woman? Now, this might sound like an odd one when you're talking about resolutions, but what Job was saying is, I am not going to lust for a woman who is not my wife. Now, is that relevant in our day? Did you know that 12% of all websites are pornographic? Did you know that 25% of all search engine requests are for pornography-related things? Did you know that 35% of Internet downloads are pornographic? Did you know that the average age at which a child is first exposed to these things online is 11? And did you know that the most, you know what the most popular day to view pornography is? Sunday. 
in light of these things, and knowing that a great deal of men and a growing number of women struggle with this, I think this is a good res resolution. This is a real problem. It's a great resolution to make. I was reading that among religious people, people who profess Christianity, over 75% of them say that they struggle with this issue. It's a great resolution. All right, let's see here. Number six, our next person is Paul. The resolution is to never do anything that would reflect poorly on the Lord's church. And the passage is 2 Corinthians 8, 21. This is what Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I don't ever want to do anything that's going to make someone question my spirituality or reflect on the Lord's church negatively. You know, there are a lot of things that I could do as a Christian that might make other people stop and say, I thought he was a Christian. What's he doing, doing, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. I was taking a college class a few years ago, and I don't even remember what the class was now, but the person teaching a class was a denominational person of some type, and they made a big production about the fact that they were a member of this denomination. And I remember at one point during the day, I thought I saw the person with the cigarette in their hand. And immediately I thought to myself, wait a minute, what a hypocrite. Now it turned out it wasn't a cigarette, but it still made a point to me, and that is this. There are a lot of things that I could do that might make a person stop and look at me and think, wait a minute, I thought... See, there are a lot of things that fall into that. Now, what are some examples of this? Maybe my choices of recreation. Maybe the jo jokes that I tell. Maybe how I spend my money. Maybe my temper. You know, 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 3 says, Paul said, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault would be found in our ministry. You know what that means? We didn't do anything that would be a stumbling block to anybody. We didn't do anything that was going to make people look at us and say, I thought he was a Christian. 2 Corinthians 8, 21, he says, providing honorable things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Now, the New King James says honorable things. The Old King James says honest things. This is actually a quote from Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 4. And the idea is this, make sure that your conduct appears honorable. Make sure that it is honest. Don't do things that people might look at and say, what's he up to there? That just looks suspicious. Don't do that sort of thing. I'm a representative of the Lord's church. I don't want to give off the wrong and questionable impressions. And so I don't want to do anything that's going to cause people to look negatively on the Lord's church. All right, number seven. Number seven is Daniel. The resolution is to pray, and the verse is chapter 6 and verse 10. You remember that there was a decree made from the king that no one was to offer a prayer to anyone except the king for a month. Daniel knew about it. He was a high-ranking government official. He knew about it. But Daniel 6 and verse 10 says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with the windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt on his knees three times a day, and he prayed, and he gave thanks before his God, 
as it was his custom. You know what that means? At some point, he made a resolution that I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it three times a day. And so he didn't let this stop him. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Jesus prayed frequently, sometimes hours at a time, and he never sinned. Certainly there's a correlation between those two things. He never sinned and a lot of praying. Now, how do you do this? Keep a prayer list. Keep it on your computer. If you're like me, keep it on your iPhone. I use that notepad on the iPhone like it's going out of style. I looked the other day, I've got 900 and something notes on there right now, literally. Maybe you're an old school person and you keep a spy, one of these little spiral notebooks in your pocket. Whatever it is, keep a list and write this thing down. And when you tell somebody that you're going to pray for them, do it. I saw a cartoon the other day, and it shows a preacher. And in the first uh, slide of the cartoon, the first picture, the preacher sees somebody coming toward him, and he says to himself, Oh, no, I told Brother Brown I was going to pray for him. The second sh uh, shot shows him saying, Lord, please bless Brother Brown. And then the third shot he walks up to Brother Brown and says, Brother Brown, I've been praying for you. That's pretty close to the truth sometimes, isn't it? Let's, let's not be that guy that does that. Luke 18 and verse 1, the Bible says, Jesus said, He spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not to faint. When we think about fainting, when I think about fainting, I think about your blood sugar's off, your blood pressure's off, and you fall down on the ground. The King James, when it talks about fainting, it means you just give up. He says men are always to pray and not to faint, to just give up. Keep praying. I would say pray specifically for the Midway congregation. I have observed over the years that when I was working with the congregation, when I prayed most diligently for that congregation, it seemed like we did better. Now, maybe I was working harder during that time. Maybe it's because God was blessing us. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But what if every person in this congregation would pray for this congregation by name every single day in 2023? What if you prayed for the elders? every single day in 2023? What if you prayed for the preacher and the deacons and the young people every single day in 2023? And here's a thought. If you were praying for this congregation every single day in 2023, don't you think it would be easier not to say mean things about anyone in this congregation in 2023? Those go together, don't they? Because I'm not going to be praying that the Lord bless them and then turn around and gossip and slander them. That's counterproductive. A lot of these things go together. When you're praying for them, it makes the others easier as well. All right, here is the next one. Number eight, the person is Jesus. The resolution is don't waste time. And the verse is John 9, 4. John, uh, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night cometh when no man can work. That is, Jesus said, I have a limited amount of time on this earth, and I've got work I've got to do, and so I've got to stay on point. I've got to stay on task. Does that same thing apply to us? Yeah, Ephesians 4, 5 and verse 16 says, 
See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The word redeeming is translated from a Greek word that's very interesting. The Greek word literally means to buy up, to cash in, to redeem. It's kind of like you got a coupon and you're going to turn it in and get value back. He says because the days are evil, it doesn't really mean that the days are wicked. What it means is time is slipping away and you're trying to grab it back. You're trying to buy it back, get back as much of that time as you can. That kind of gives you the idea. Have you ever had a day that you started out and you thought, I've got so much to do, and you get to the end of the day and you think, where did that day go? I got nothing done. That's what he's talking about, that you're going to buy back and you're going to try to redeem that time. Why? Because we've got work to do in the Lord's service. I read a study from the United States Department of Labor and it talked about how many hours Americans spend a week golfing, watching football, TV, recreation in general, and it was huge, the amount of time we spend doing that. Incidentally, did y'all see the Tennessee-Clemson game the other night? Did y'all see that? No one wants to admit it now after I just gave that statistic. Don't you? Okay, you saw it. Um, we spend a huge amount of time on recreation. What if we stop doing that and we use that time in the Lord's service? Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day because the night comes when I'm going to run out of time and then I can't do it. All right, here is the next one. This is number nine. This is the Good Samaritan. What time do I have until? Am I out of time? Okay. I'm going to pick up the pace here because I'm in trouble. Resolution number nine, the Good Samaritan is the person. The resolution is to care about people. And the text is Luke 10, 9, or 29 through, 20, that says 29 through 27. Obviously, that is not right. Um, that should be 29 through 37. The point is, always care about other people. Deal with everybody as if he is my best friend. Don't you deal differently with people who are your friends and people who are not? You know, this is nothing more than the golden rule. Matthew 7, 12, that is to treat others as I want to be treated. Now, I know somebody might get mad and say, well, Don, we can only do so much. I can't treat everybody like they're my best friend. And that's true, but I bet I can do better than I have been doing. I bet I can do better than I did last year, and that's my goal. Here's number 10. The person is Hannah. The resolution is to raise your children for the Lord. The verse is 1 Samuel 1 and verse 11. Hannah said to the Lord, if you will give me a male child, I will give him back to you. And if you've got children, you need to make this your resolution. Now, this is going to be inconvenient. Having children involves giving up free time. It involves giving up luxuries. It involves giving up money, relaxation. But I'm investing in their eternity. And I'm investing in their spirituality here. When I talk to older Christians and they reflect on their biggest regrets in this life, frequently it has to do with the way they raise their children. 
They put their career above their children. They put making money above their children, earning a degree above their children. They were so worried about setting aside money for the future, they didn't prepare their children for the future. Here is number 11. The person is Isaiah. The resolution is, here I am, send me. And the text is Isaiah 6 and verse 8. Isaiah said, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go before us? And he said, Here I am, send me. Here's the point. There is a lot of work that needs to be done in the Lord's kingdom. I bet there's a lot of work the elders could tell you needs to be done here. I want to be the person that says, I am ready to do it. Here's number 12. The person is Nehemiah. The resolution is, have a mind to work. And the text is Nehemiah 4 and verse 12. Actually, it's not just Nehemiah. It's all the people who were working with Nehemiah. They'd been in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. They returned home to Jerusalem. They're rebuilding the walls. They're rebuilding the city. And Nehemiah 2.18 says, Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to do the good work. Nehemiah 4, 6 says, So we built the walls, and the entire wall was joined together up to the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. They built the entire wall around Jerusalem in 52 days. And if you keep reading, verse 21 says, Half the people labored in the work, and half the people held the spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. Now, what are we supposed to get from that? The Lord didn't put that there uh, for, for no reason. What are we supposed to get? Number one, the people worked together. Half worked, half held the spears. Number two, they worked a long time. He says, from daybreak until the stars appeared, and all through that time, they were guarding against the enemy. And there's enemies, even in the Lord's church, and we've got to do that. There's 12 resolutions for you for 2023. Now you might say, well, those are not mine, and they may not be, but make sure that you do some. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves whether you are in the faith. And Paul said he buffeted his body daily. Do we want to go ahead and have an invitation or take a break here for a second? Okay.